0: Our guest today is Mikhail Gazaria. Mikhail worked as a software architect before he joined Trivago. At Trivago, he worked on Amazon Web Services and was regarded as an expert in it. Now, he is the Site Reliability Engineer at Shootflex. In this episode, we discuss a lot of things. That includes the work culture of Trivago, how easy or tough it was to integrate as an international here in Germany, challenges that he faced and how he overcame that and of course we discuss the red flags during interviews and his personal tips for the same. Hi this is Anirvan Saha and I welcome you on behalf of the team to one new episode of season 2 where we interview a selected few professionals in the domain of data science and converse about what it takes to get a job in the real world. If you like our work hit the follow button on our linkedin page the link is in the podcast description. Also do share with us your feedback, and listen to the other episodes. Let's get started. Mikhail, thank you so much for agreeing to have this conversation and to interact with the students. Yeah, thanks for having me. We would structure our conversation today in a way where we touch topics of CV, cover letter, master thesis, etc. that focus a little more on your experience as an international in Germany and focus heavily on technical interviews and the mistakes that people make, mainly first-timers. Would that be okay with you? Sure. So let's start with this. You were a software architect earlier. What made you move back to software engineering and that to working on the cloud?
1: Yeah, so I think this is a wider question about why I decided to move out from Armenia and uh, start uh, working in in Europe. Uh, So I realized that uh, my growth pace kind of slowed down here because I wasn't able to go into a wider variety of the topics and I was kind of stuck in the same framework. So my main motivation to move out from Armenia was to find something new where I can grow myself with a grow as a professional uh, with a same pace that I was doing while working here uh, while working in Armenia and then like what I realized that okay that I should go to a bigger markets and uh, I chose Europe over United States because I already had experience with working for a German company before. Uh, that was like Lycos like, Europe back in 2005, 2009. And that's kind of was an obvious choice to go to Germany because I already had an experience with the country, with the people and culture. Uh, so I started looking to job in, in, in Germany and then I, I found the jo- job job in, in, in Trivago. And that was a very uh, good uh, thing for me because in Trivago, uh, I started to learning completely new branch for me because I, I was uh, interviewed as PHP engineer and I entered Trivago as a PHP engineer. But from day one, uh, I, I ended up in a project uh, in, a, in a project where we were migrating uh, our current application to AWS cloud, and this is, was kind of what I was looking for. So a new technology, new setup, and then uh, AWS was something which really I found interesting and I invest a lot of time to get into the technology and grow as a professional inside the, this cloud setup. And yeah, and we started doing different things and I ended up doing also like data science related project, like data engineering. And at the end I was like working as a cloud engineer, mostly focused on the data. I don't know if that answered your question, but I think it also laid a good background about like what I was doing and what I'm doing now like why I moved and what I was doing there so we can maybe move on with different questions that, and then I will give I more details
0: follow up question yeah. um, like, you, like me there are many other people who are changing domains of work they did like even I started with PHP frameworks back in 2008 2009 what would you like to give them because they are migrating from one thing to another how did you adapt to something extremely
1: new i think this this is a, a more question of the mindset right so if you are eager to learn new things uh, if you are open for new things in the profession it's very important to do so because when you're stuck in the same setup for years it's kind of uh, you know like you started to live in this bubble so that might be really comfortable uh, to to be there, but it also kind of draws you back from many interesting things that are out there. So, and I will just encourage people to find a nice way of trying new things. And this is why I also specifically thankful for Trivago, because in the, in Trivago there was a really good foundation and culture where people could start learning new things in a safe way, you know? So as an engineer, you want to deliver things, right? So you don't want to uh, screw up big things while learning new new technology. And it's kind of inevitable because the, you learn by doing errors and the failure culture and the, the learning culture in Trivago was like really brilliant. And I find myself pretty really lucky to to be in that kind of a setup where I, I was able to do this learning in not that stressful way.
0: Uh, not just you, my other friends in Trivaco speak a lot about the work culture there. There is also a successful podcast series on just the Trivaco work culture and leadership. Would you like to tell us a bit more on the work culture, how it is, how it's different from other companies that you worked in? And what are the things that you like the most? I mean, this is not an advertisement of Trivago,
1: but I have heard so much of their work culture that I thought it's better to put it. Yeah, so I think, I mean, we can talk hours about this, right? As you already mentioned, there is a specific podcast dedicated to this uh, to this uh, Trivago culture. And I know what you're talking about. It's the post podcast uh, by Trivago founder Rolf well, uh, who, who, who's doing this uh, series? And I found them like really interesting to people, and I encourage them to go and listen to them. But uh, what I would like to say, like first of all, the core values are really important for the company, and this is w- what was s- what we had in Trivago and what really worked there. It's what it wasn't just words, company. was really lived by these values, and uh, just to give a couple of examples. So one of them is the trust, which is the most important thing. So you should trust your peers. You should know that they do whatever is best for the team and you behave the same way. Another very important thing is authenticity. So you were really encouraged to bring your specific background to the team right so you shouldn't blend in and adapt you should also stand out so you on one way you should of course blend in in the workflows and like procedures but from your unique point of view you should really bring it to the table you should raise your voice to bring a different perspective and this is also like really important because Trivago has so many talents from all over the world. And I think this is what makes it like really unique because you you had like so many different perspectives on the topic. Third one is, which I like probably the most, is, is the power of proof, right? So you were encouraged to ask questions to understand why is this happening? So people should be able to, you know, like give a good logical Foundation or explanation for the decisions made, be it uh, like business decisions or technical decisions or whatever. And this also sparks a healthy discussion around the 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 decisions which are being made. And you you could challenge everyone, starting from your peer, ending up with CEO or CTO. Right. So like if if you if you have questions about any kind of decisions, there you could really raise your voice and get. Explanation of the thought process. So you could also have your input there. And this is like really important. Another thing, like, which is probably we need to say that, tri- w- which amazes me a lot. So tri- when I joined Trivago, Trivago had around 1,400 talents. And we, with this large scale company, we still had a flat hierarchy. So it was very much like startup like, uh, nah, community let's say because f- for example I remember like there, were, like there were many different restructurings also in Trivago so they tried different team setups and if it didn't work they changed it a lot and this is also what I liked a lot because if something doesn't work people should have enough freedom just to change it and find the best setup where how how to organize teams and domains and everything so what I'd like to say is that I don't know There were times that as an engineer between me and ceo there was like two or three people in between and like this is a very flat hierarchy for the organization of that size and this is what i was thinking like you know it's inevitable when you grow you should grow into more vertical hierarchy because it's really hard to make the decisions it's really hard to to get stuff done and all the things like this, but Trivago proved me wrong. And I really happy that I was wrong there. I see that example that at that scale, you still could have quite healthy and democratic process inside company on decision-making, on delivering value and all the things like this. What I
0: understood, the, the impression that I get from whatever you see it right now is a lot of importance is given on the person and the person's views and a lot of freedom is also given so when you have a flat hierarchy and the expectation would be that every team member performs performs to their best and you mentioned about um, trusting your peers I mean if I have to think from the management's side that's a lot of investment of trust how, how impactful is this work culture when it comes to software professionals, you know, mm-hmm. and our, our mental health, our mental well-being, this should have a good positive impact, or did it have, or did it scare people away, because to a few, it might be a scary amount of freedom and responsibility, isn't it?
1: It is, so maybe I should start with a little bit like our far away from the exact point of the question right like another very important value is intrinsic motivation so people are expected to have this motivation from themselves and they should be able to you know come up and come up with initiatives come up with ideas and propose them to the team and when you say like the focus given to a person I would agree but as much as the person is the part of the team because I think the the minimal uh how to say like minimal working unit is a team because uh person is a part of the team and the 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 main idea was that the team should perform in a way that you know like the if you will take let's say values of each member of the team and the sum of them like so the the team value will be more than just the sum of the individuals right so because this is the I like the team dynamics when when people interact with each other, they actually bring more than they th- that they can as individuals and for me, team was the core and then it's up up to you as an individual on how you can contribute to the team because we, we should understand like even as individuals there are ups and downs there are different situations when you can be like tired and maybe underperforming on the other uh, other time you can be very in good shape and perform very well right so this is like the team dynamics which should be taken into consideration and in this natural and so yes as an individual you will contribute more if you find yourself in the team very comfortable so you can bring up the ideas, you can challenge the ideas. And what I like that it becomes a team idea. So like if the idea is accepted by the team, it's not your idea anymore. It's the team's idea because it's a it's a product of the collective thought. You know, like someone challenged it, someone tried to break it, someone added some some more things. Even if the original idea was belonging to somebody, at the end it's the team idea, and then team commits to this idea and performs it, and then also teams takes the responsibility for the whole idea. And if we come to the engineering language, then it's a like pull request reviews, it's the creating the diagrams together, design documents, all the all the paperwork around the project. So this is done all together, right? And then it's just a matter of execution. And execution is another thing, right? So, like, first you create the, the all framework around the project. So you create, like, you should un- answer all the questions, why you are doing this, how you are doing this. So that's the design processes and stuff like that. And then you go to the implementation phase, which is basically the heavy lifting is already done. So if you, if you are good enough at your job, executing shouldn't be a big problem after you already did the, the heavy lifting with the design, everything.
0: I'll just add a very quick follow-up question and please answer it very quickly as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, no problem. You mentioned it's a multicultural team, right? But at the back of your head, when you came to Germany, you had it that you are a, you are an international trying to integrate into a team in Germany. Mm-hmm. How easy or difficult was it? Because you came from Ar- Armenia. I come from India. A lot of our uh, students today who are in this meeting, I see a lot of names from a lot of places which include the nations in the subcontinent and eastern part of Asia. So how easy or tough was it to integrate as an international?
1: Uh, I mean in Trivago it was quite easy. There were very well thought processes about the integration, some team activities and stuff like that. So for me it was like really to integrate to the team.
0: Okay. And like we discussed earlier, uh, you changed the field of your work. So what kind of problems did you face, challenges you faced and how did you overcome it?
1: So. There were like two type of challenges for me. One of them was that it's a totally different setup, which I'm not used to. So technologically, it's the cloud and then it's the the new uh, you know, like new setup, new way of working, and this kind of things. And this is more like a changing of way of thinking. And another thing uh, and another type of difficulties is the scale. So, Trivago of like I was in the visual contenting, which uh basically was responsible for all the images that you could see on the website. And we deal with a huge amount of the of the images. Just to give you an example, we had around like forty million active images. Uh no wait a minute. It was around like sixty million active images and from them thirty million was online images and the difference is that you have kind of a inventory of the images but you don't show all of them on the galleries right so you should show only let's say 25 30 images per hotel but you have more and then like this is the scale and we were also doing imports from our partners the biggest import could be like three million images at at once or five million images at once so like if you get the whole inventory from one partner it could be like this kind of a scale and that was like very interesting challenges where i learned a lot
0: you learned a lot how
1: by doing failing and iterating over that so like you you do you fail you you correct your errors and then you iterate
0: and when you faced failures, how did you keep yourself
1: motivated? Um, we had a really good failure culture. So, the, basically, the failure was also like a, not a personal level thing. It's of course you take personal responsibility for what you do, but it's also kind of a not that tough because you know that people can fail, and if people fail, that means that. Uh, something wasn't thought really well so there was some flows in the process in the flow and then what what could we do there is to okay first of all you need to fix the error and then you should think about how we can change the flow not to have this error again and this is what approached the failure in the company and I like it a lot because Yes, you have the personal responsibility. And as, a, as an individual, you wouldn't like to find yourself in that situation again, right? But it's, sometimes it's not only on your scope. It's, it's on a bigger scope of the whole teamwork or the main work or the process, how it was organized. So, And that's the important part. So how to fix things and how to not find yourself in that situation again.
0: Okay. You worked on the cloud and cloud migration for data science comes under MLOps. ops. What should newer entrants or freshers
1: mm-hmm.
0: what should they focus more on when they are trying to enter this field?
1: So of course there are like basics which you should kind of know when you focus that you're going to work on this profession, right? Like this is like the basic frameworks, some uh, basic technology, which is there. Uh, this is like the hard skills, which probably you already know. But I would say the most important thing is to be ready to learn a lot and fast, you know, because the field is so big and it, it's so different depending on uh, what exactly you are doing there right and then i mean also the freshers are not expected to have really big working experience right so i would say when you enter the field when you enter like the company and you land on a real job don't be afraid on doing different things which probably in your head wasn't part of your profession, right? Like maybe you were thinking, okay, I'm a data scientist. I don't want, I don't need to know like the data engineering part of it, right? But be open to to learn these things because at the end of the day, it will make you better in your profession even if you will not need it that much.
0: Okay. But since this episode is more about interviews, um, what should the aspirants prepare for from the interview perspective?
1: Yeah. So, for me, it's a bit li- a little bit different, a, a little bit difficult to talk on the aspirant level because uh, I think most of the students was entering Chivago as a working student, right? So, the, the, and the process was a little bit different. So, what I was participating more was like hiring to the position and maybe like the the people who are like finish the university. But what I would like to say in general, right? It's a, it's a matter of uh, expectations management, a little bit, right? So we should understand that, like, which position you are applying to. So, like, probably mm-hmm. you cannot re- apply to the mid level engineer or senior level engineer. You should start with the junior, right? And then the expectations should be that. Yes, you have your hard skills there, and you have your soft skills there. But the f- most important is that your attitude. Um, the
0: topics on ML ops that mm-hmm. aspirants or even working students should focus mm-hmm. on in an interview.
1: Mm-hmm. You want like specific topics on MLOps? Yeah, if you have. Yeah, I would say, like, uh, if it's like, because it's also different from cloud to cloud, right? But if we talk in AWS, I would say, uh, go do your readings on SageMaker. This is one of the main tools there. And then it depends on on the company and the framework they are using. maybe TensorFlow, Keras, this kind of things. Okay. We
0: will go to the main part of today's discussion. Mm -hmm. You have hired... Right, and you just told that mm-hmm. you have working students as well. So you have hired when you were in Trivago, and you also mentioned that the hiring process at Trivago is slightly different from a lot of other companies that you have seen. Would you like to tell us a bit about the hiring process at Trivago? Uh,
1: I mean, first of all, I I said I didn't hire working students. <laughs> just a little correction, right? uh, <laughs> So I was work mostly hiring for the for the engineering position. So for the question, I, I don't think like the process in Trivago is that much different from other companies, but yeah, I mean, there are like specific. So that, that also depends on the position, but for, for the latest thing that we were doing for the data engineers, the, the recruiting process was the following. So basically we were sending out the case study where the engineer should be able to come up with the two parts of, of the case study. First part is to draw a diagram of the of the solution uh, for the case study, which states the problem there, and then implement one of the components. So basically, we are trying to evaluate both like skills, designing skills, and coding skills there. And then after we implementate after like uh, implementing this case study. Uh, we had like two different interview steps, one for the design process and one for the code skills. Right. And then I do understand like all the case study have this problem because you are not able to fit all the context into the case study. And then people are find themselves like really hard to narrow down uh, to one exact solution because they may miss some information to come up to the final decision how to draw the design. But at the end, which is more important for us, is that you should be able to explain what was your thought process there and why you ended up with this kind of a design and what was the things that you considered while doing this design. Like we would really like to understand that you thought other designs as well, but discard them for particular reasons, right? So, and this the the more you put effort into this thing the better it will be for landing the job because sometimes people just draw the design but they don't set up they don't talk about okay this will work but then okay what are the metrics that we would like to monitor what what would be the alarms for the system because when you run the system you'd not only build and put it there and then it works in the back home and just implements what you do right you should be able to also follow up on on this thing and maintain this is the topics which sometimes people overlook while submitting the design or or the solution for the case study and this is like really really important because we want to see that you are not covering only the development part but you know like the the other part of the devops process as well
0: yes we we are currently discussing the case study but how would a student reach to that level or how would an aspirant reach to that level first of all do you look at the cvs of course
1: yeah we look at the cvs you look the or after the case studies no no this happens before sorry i should probably start with the cvs and cover letters of course like so citizen cover letters is the important part of that so cv should show that you are capable to do the job right and i understand for the for the students who has not a big experience there it might be a challenging to come up with the with the things there but probably you can show some work you have done as a student like diploma work and the, the project that you've done as a student so people on the other side would understand that okay you you understand this topic you have the hard enough hard skills to start actually working on that job
0: okay do you read cover letters
1: to be honest that depends right so sometimes cd is like talk for for itself but cover letters also like really important for the for the motivation of the job, so people like when reading the cover letters, you can uh, understand if what's the motivation for the people to, to for, for the person to apply to this position, what they where what they are looking for, what what is this. So for, more for the cultural fit, I think the cover letter is important part of the decision making process, but that comes. After the CV or or at the same time. So it depends on the on the flow as as well
0: Okay, and what importance does recommendation letters have for you?
1: Uh, Recommendation letter I mean to be honest all this time we never reached to the people who had like, you know, like to ask for from their previous colleagues uh, or uh, who gave them recommendations about this, but recommendation letter is also the important thing. And I think this is also the part which is kind of overlooked during the hiring process these days because it's important to understand what kind of people is coming to the team. So the cultural fit is one of the most important things. As I already said, right, like the the teamwork should be there. If the person has a very brilliant hard skills, but he's not like he's not fitting to the team, it can create more harm than good.
0: Okay. So when an aspirant does not have previous work experience, or at least relevant previous work experience, do you look into the thesis, whether the thesis is relevant or not, the grades of the thesis, how the student performed, or the kind of projects the students did?
1: Of course. Uh, I mean, this is the equivalent of the working experience, right, for the students. So you should look up to all the information you have.
0: So, what do you do if the thesis is not relevant to the job he is,
1: he or she is applying for? I mean, this is a question of uh, how, like, what what's the level of the expectation you are having from from the candidate, right? Like, if, because. Many times people don't apply to the job because they see like there is some requirements they are not feeling fitting, right? And then there are some compromises because it's not possible to find like really ideal candidate there, right? And then it's a matter of the, how much person is the different from what you are expecting? Like the candidate is different, not the person, sorry. Like well, how much the candidate skills are different from what you're expecting on this job. And because like the the job is also a long term relationship, so you are fine to take someone who is not hundred percent fitting the job, but then they can learn it while while doing the job, right? So this is something which call like hiring for attitude. Of course, like the hard skills should be there for a certain level, but then it's a matter of attitude: if people are ready to learn. It's fine if you are not having like hundred percent much on the like job description with your skills. I will slip in a very
0: quick question. What if an aspirant has ticked all the check boxes? Mm-hmm. And then you really do not like the attitude of the person?
1: I mean, this is the cultural fit part, right? Like it will be really hard to work with the people. I mean we are talking about liking like on what like personal level or we are talking about having similar values and things like this because you don't need to you know like adore everyone you are work with but if you have the same values and you really can work together because you share these basic values then it should be easy to work together but there are like certain principles for example like what about person's ego? What about the way of communication? What about like attitude? Right? If the person is not really uh, is not able to communicate in a in a way which is supported to, is supposed to be in the team, it will be like really hard for everyone to work together because you will spend so much time by translating the communication into the style between the styles that it creates a lot of friction and then the team velocity will go down. So it's not about personal like, don't like things, right? It's more about like focusing on the, the work process behind.
0: Okay. If I may ask, uh, suppose a candidate had a very good round of technical discussions. Mm-hmm. And you have to reject the person. What can be the likely reasons on which you would reject the applicant after a good round of a technical discussion?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, all, we, we have this kind of uh, rejection actually done because of the cultural fit. You may have a really strong technical candidate who does not fit to the team. And we, did not, we do not take them. And we did not take them because, as I said... The team velocity will not be good enough. The, the atmosphere in the team, the work, working, you know, like the the, the whole work, working, uh, how you say, environment will not be that good if if the person does not fit culturally to the team. This is like one of the most important things, as important, at least as important as technical.
0: Is there any other reason why? an applicant can get rejected after having a good
1: round of technical discussion. Uh, you mean like salary expectations? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, are, there might be a many reasons, right? I mean, at the end, someone can have a better offer and then they, they, they reject the offer. And then there might be also like, I mean, maybe you can clarify what do you mean?
0: It's pretty dynamic, I believe. There can be a lot of other reasons.
1: Yeah, I I guess so.
0: Would your evaluation, I know you did not hire working students, but would your evaluation differ if you were hiring a working student?
1: No, I mean, the the basic principles are the same. It's just about to find uh, like the substitutes for... Like experience and uh, this, this kind of things, right? So what you are looking for basically is to understand what, what, what is the candidate's like level of hard skills? What is the candidate's level of soft skills? And maybe remembering the topic of today's conversation, do they cross the red flags? Right. So basically is that if the person has enough Hard skills and soft skills are there and culturally the fit is there. And person doesn't cross any red flags in those all of these, right? Then you basically will hire them because let, let's be honest, right? Like companies are struggling finding good candidates. So there is a big hunger in the market. But at the same time, you cannot just take everyone because you need job to be done, and you need not to ruin your teams and companies by bringing people who are having not the same culture, so they are because this is a very subtle topic, right? It's enough to have someone with uh, another cultural settings, let's say, and then the whole team can become dysfunctional.
0: Okay. And since we mentioned about the red flags, this is the last major question in this interview today. What are the major red flags that you see as an interviewer? Like, okay, an interviewer, he's an applicant, he's doing certain things and these are red flags. So what are the red flags?
1: Uh, Let's maybe divide this topic into two right like the cultural and technical so like hard skills and soft skills so okay culturally speaking like i already mentioned this once like this is like the ego so if you see person is focused on his own uh, you know like ego that much this can be a red flag because the the team set's like the the the, the team unit is the the important thing. Another red flag could be, you know, like the way of communication. If people uh, is too negative or too strict in in his opinions and is not able to a dialogue or or a discussion or if person takes challenges too personally and, you know, like there will be hard times discussing ideas if people are really defensive about their own things, right? and then it will be not that good for the team so this is like the red flags in the in the culture you know? so person should be like kind open and easy to communicate ready to you know like be challenged and challenge himself like or herself so this is like the the red flags there and from the hard skills it's it's a more like If we look at the code, right? So we sometimes see people send out the code, which is just written somehow. There is no style. There is no, you know, like it's really hard to read the code. Even if it's a working code, this can be a red flag. Like If your code is perfectly fine and working, and you even submitted unit tests, because sometimes people even send out like, you know, code without any testing or without any how to on how to run this code right and then it's up to you as a evaluator to find out oh how should this code run what uh, what should i feed as an argument or how should i feed the arguments and the data and stuff like that this shows a lot about like the working culture and the code level and you know uh how to say untidiness maybe you know so like the code style code quality this is can be a red flag even if you have a like perfectly working solution but for like because this is how you will work in the team right if you let's say if you don't respect your peers in, in a way that you send out this kind of a code which is hard to read hard to understand how should we work together in the future? Because this is what you will be doing all the time. If you are sending, which is supposed to be your best output as the interview, right? This kind of code, this is a thing, right? I'm not even talking when code not working or you didn't get like the assignment correctly or it it doesn't cover like the edge cases. It, ha- it goes only with the happy scenario. And doesn't go into like some error checks and all this kind of thing because this this is also some people overlook. They just send you like happy path, and then this is it. But I'm sorry, like you didn't put enough time into bring up the complete solution because happy path is one thing, and then when we'll be working on the production is another, right? So like you should be able to get all the all the checkbox ticks. I like the error handling, test cases, maybe a little documentation on how to run things, because for example with Python, like you can have many different ways of running things, right? And I should not spend my time on trying to find how your code should run. Okay.
0: I'll ask a couple of um, follow-up questions. You mentioned about ego. You mentioned about attitude. Mm-hmm. How do you judge these? Like the applicants must do something after which you should you would say to yourself, ah, this person has a bad attitude, or this person has a lot of ego. How do you understand that?
1: So for the attitude, I think you will just feel it because you cannot really like measure it right like you when you talk to the people you already understand like what kind of person there are right? and for the ego you can like this is a more technical thing like not not technical but this is more specific you can pay attention to the language they use right so the normal question in interview is like describe the best project you did right like, it's something you're proud of and then you can really hear how people describe this as an individual achievement or as a team achievement right and then you will understand so like okay i did several things but then i will always say like we did several things because i didn't do it myself i did it inside of the team that was a teamwork i just participated to it i get my share done and maybe i come up with some brilliant idea which really moves forward the team unblocks something and this kind of i can mention it but the overall it's using maybe we instead of i that much this is like very good indicator right so when when you see like people talking about what they're proud of and putting themselves in the spotlight instead of the team one of the things okay
0: you give case studies for the applicants to solve did you ever
1: get into a heated discussion about the solution? About of course. I mean, this. we had a heated discussion even in between ourselves while giving the case study, and the heated discussion is fine if it doesn't cross like personal boundaries, right? And to be honest, like this is the best way I know to challenge the ideas and to understand if they are good or bad. And heated discussions are really nice way of doing things. The problem is that everyone should feel safe enough to come up with an honest uh opinion about the the topic that is being discussed. And there should be also a culture when you can discuss topics without crossing the personal uh barrier, right? So or border. So this, this is like the thing. And to, like in our teams, we had like very heated discussions. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I love this example the most. Like maybe I can throw an idea and then someone really likes the idea. And then I start challenging this idea and the other person starts to defend this idea. So I'm challenging my own idea because maybe I don't like it anymore. On the second thought, I don't like it. So it's. When idea is put on the table, it's not your idea anymore. It's the team idea. And then we have many ideas on the table and we should try to break them. Because if we could break them, then they are bad. If we couldn't break them, possibly they are good. Right? So this is this is how we can like evaluate the ideas and without discussion, it's not possible.
0: Okay. I have a lot of questions based on what you just said, but I would like to Okay, ask the same question in this way <laughs> did you yeah. have a discussion with an applicant when you started challenging the approach and the applicant became very defensive
1: how is applicant different from other engineers in the room um and it's your future peer right during an interview yeah but it's your future peer and I don't know what's the difference there. Like this is what we try to evaluate. Like, will we able to do this thing in the future in a good way again? I mean, of course, we are trying to, you know, like reduce the stress because the applicant already is under the stress. So we try to remove the stress. We do some, uh, you know, like the groundwork to to be able to jump into the discussion. But then, if if it goes well. We can actually have a heated discussion and it doesn't matter if the applicant's idea was good or bad, he was or she was able to defend it or not. The quality of the discussion can be a key point in decision-making process to hire or not to hire. And from this perspective, I see no difference if it's an applicant or a peer.
0: Okay. You also mentioned about honest responses. Mm-hmm. How do you judge honest responses? Because it's a very
1: subjective term. Yeah. You cannot judge that. But the person who is giving the opinion, if they are not able to do this, then this will not work for a long term, right? If if people are holding back their opinion because they not feel safe enough to bring them up, then this kind of relationship is not really healthy and is not really long term and this is something which of course the interview itself it's like really hard to understand you cannot really judge this but in the teamwork this is the important part okay and you also put possibly into a code could, yeah.
0: could you explain more
1: yeah, because like if you can break the idea then it's definitely not the good one if you couldn't break it, maybe you just couldn't break it, right? Maybe it's still a bad idea. So it's possibly a good idea. But we did we don't know yet, still.
0: Okay, and with this, we take a couple of questions from the audience. Um, this question is by Ankit Mukherjee. When writing a cover letter, he is often puzzled um, about what he should focus on should he elaborate more on the skills and experiences that are not already on his CV or the motivation towards the field of work? Or he, or should he just express his interest in working in the company?
1: Uh, I would say, but this is like my own thing, right? Other people could have like other opinion, but if you already have it in the CV, do not repeat what you have there, right? Because like what you have in CV we can go in details in the interview itself for for me the cover letter is more source of motivation behind why the people want to work here right like why they want to apply to this position and what they would like to find here because like i think this is an important thing to mention and when you apply to the position and you got rejected is it, sometimes it's not because you are bad it's just because you didn't fit and uh you know like the employee employer relationship they are like a long-term relationship and yeah so this is something which is really important so to have this uh thought in the back of your head that it doesn't evaluate you as a professional it's just a matter of matching each other sometimes right like Sometimes it's a matter of match. Sometimes, of course, maybe you don't have enough skills, but that also doesn't mean you are a bad professional or you didn't do enough. You just don't match that position in that moment in time. Because probably, I mean, if you're applying for the mid-level, if they would have a junior position, they would take you, but they need some, someone who can already start performing without investing too much into the learning process. So this is like the, the matter of the thing here, and the mot- and the like cover letter should give the answers for the why's and what you are looking for. So the so the company can also evaluate like what are your goals, where would you like to grow, and if they are able to provide it for you too, because it's an investment in a long-term relationship. And this gets. As to the last
0: question by Aditya Vishwanathan, he asks that if a applicant gets rejection letter, mm-hmm. is it okay to respond back
1: to the recruiter asking for a reason for rejection? Yeah, that, that should be perfectly fine. I think like uh, I cannot tell for sure, but I think in Trivago we can we we all actually w- was providing the the reason as well, like with the devices maybe like you know f- focus on this thing or this part of thing, like the technical stuff because it's really important to to get the feedback because this is a process right and the feedback is something which can make you better in the next try i mean sometimes it's also like my the companies may might be like really close to this because of the legal reasons but i think in most of like i would say this should be fine at least to ask like other thing they might not answer you but you should ask for the feedback that's for sure because I I, I even use the word should because I really think it's a must like it's really nice to do this so you will get the feedback and this this will help you to improve
0: I really thank you for all the answers and and this interaction in particular. And I think it is time we open the forum to any questions if the audience has any. Shubham has a question. Hello, Mikhail. First of all, thank you so much for an awesome session. It was an interesting one. Now coming to the question, uh, I would like to know how the landscape or the responsibilities of the data or cloud engineer has changed over the time in past years.
1: I mean first of all thank you for having me I hope I hope this was a useful discussion because I feel that sometimes I like my answer could be too broad but coming to the to the question so it's really hard to define what the cloud engineer is I think right now it's something which is like can be really different from company to company and what I would like to say maybe as a general advice don't look that much on what the title of the job is, because go and read the details, because this is where you will understand what exactly you are supposed to do in that position. Because in some companies, this is called a data engineer, and you expect to do one thing. In other companies, this could be like cloud data engineer, but it's basically the same, because you are doing things on the cloud anyway or it might be different because you are supposed to do more infrastructure than just create a data engineering solution. So it's like really different from from company to company and
0: read the description carefully. Okay. We would like to take the last question. It's by Irfan Shahzad. So uh, the question which I would like to ask is that uh, if uh, let's assume we are uh, having an interview and during that interview, uh, uh, so uh, he used to ask the question and then that question turns into uh, uh, something, uh, into an argument, right? Uh, so uh, uh, everyone uh, wants to prove their point, right? And if if, if we are in such a, a collision, uh, how how one should uh, should react
1: to that uh, that particular situation? Yeah, you have collisions, you have arguments i mean this is a this is a really good situation to be in because this is where like things can be challenged and what you as a as an applicant what you should be looking into is how the situation is handled are are there arguments about the idea or it becomes a personal because from your point of view is this the company where you would like to work if the situation becomes heated and they cross the borders to become personal and things. Because if if it's about the opinions, there might be a heated discussion about opinions. And it shouldn't be about proving who is right and who is wrong, but about to find the best solution, right? So if people are able to agree to disagree, this is also something which is a fine Outcome right. Sometimes it's like it's expected that you will disagree but commit as a worker. But if they cross the border in this discussion and arguments, you should also be evaluating if you want to work in these conditions in the future. I don't know if I answered the question. Yep. I would so then- just add that anyway, you should be able to provide honest solution Do not, you know. Do not agree to something when you disagree inside. Be honest anyway. This will be useful for, for you and for them to understand if you want to work with each other. Because you are also evaluating them if you want to work with them.
0: Uh, we take the last question. Ankit, go ahead. Yeah. So my question was that often in interviews, I have faced questions where the recruiters asked me. Uh, something and they want me to relate it to a past experience. An an example uh, would be like if I had a difference of opinion with a supervisor uh, in the past, in my past work or in my project or anything and how I dealt with the situation. So it may be possible that, you know, I may, I have not faced such a situation before. Uh, How would I uh, then answer this question? Should I, uh, just tell him that I have not faced such a situation or should I go forward and say like, if I face such a situation, how would I react to it? H- how should my response be in such
1: situation? I mean, you should obviously say that you haven't faced this situation. And then you can ask if they want you to kind of model this situation right now. So you go to the second part. So you can ask if you should go there or not. And if they say, then yes, you can say like, okay, if I would face this situation, I would do like this, this, this. But I would say just say them. You 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 haven't faced this, and this actually comes also for the technological question. So if they ask question about technology you haven't worked with, just say I haven't worked with this technology, and this should be fine as well.
0: Okay, thank you so much. Pleasure. I thank you so much, Mikhail, for finding time and for interacting with students and working professionals today.
1: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, the session. I think it, it's really important, uh, you know, uh, to share these experiences because I think people need to know what what's going on there and what are the different approaches. And yeah, I was happy to be here. And yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Hey, you've made it till the end of this amazing conversation. Please check this space out next Wednesday as well. Next week, we publish another episode which you might find useful. We aim to release one new episode every Wednesday for the next three weeks on LinkedIn, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Stitcher, geo and a few more platforms. If you find this conversation useful, please share this with your friends and stay connected with us. Thank you for listening.